Hello everyone and welcome to our show. Today we discuss about building your digital marketing agency, how you can grow your business to serve your clients, to get high results. And I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Brock Murray. How are you? I'm doing well. How about you, Anatoly? I'm doing great. I'm so excited about this episode because uh, I have my uh, SEO agency. Uh, the, uh, yeah, it's hard time because uh, my business is in Ukraine, but yeah. We are, I think uh, Ukrainian people will win this war, you know, yeah, it's, it's really hard. But anyway, I am so excited to learn more about that because uh, uh, I want to grow my business to extend my services to many different countries. Uh, can you tell, uh, uh, before we start, about your experience, background, and why you decided to share with us about building marketing agency? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so first of all, thanks for having me on the show. This is really exciting and a great opportunity. Yeah. Uh, so a little bit about myself. Uh, so I, my background started started in, in, in web design uh, at the age of kind of 14. Uh, when I was in grade nine, you know, uh, the teacher taught us a little bit of HTML. And from there, I kind of started my, my, my passion into the industry of web, right? Um, started off building uh, like online gaming, uh, using coding, learned PHP. Uh, and, and that was how I got into coding. And I come from a family of entrepreneurs. So my my aunt, my uncle, my grandfather all had their own businesses. Um, so, you know, during my teen years, I was kind of always the go-to for, you know, I need this website set up or <laughs> I need this added or I need help with my internet, anything around IT, right? Um, mm-hmm. But uh, but that gave me a lot of experience in, in, in you know, building up experience in web. And, uh, and eventually when I, when I was uh, turned 24, I had been doing some freelance web projects and things of that sort uh, in, in my city. And uh, I ended up, um, uh, one of my, well, my business partner now, Eddie, uh, we, we had known each other through some, some various uh, networks. Uh, and we, we ended up kind of, I was doing a barter with him. So I was helping him with his growing his business website. Uh, he had like an IT business. So helping him do his SEO, helping him build his website. And uh, we were bartering at the time. Like he gave me an office, like a desk space, and I would do his stuff. And that was kind of our exchange. Um, but then he kind of said, like, what do you think about going into business together? I have some clients, you know, maybe we could we could do something. Uh, so we ended up just kind of, I said, why not? We started the business and, uh, you know, that was 10 years ago. Uh, and, you know, it's kind of taken on a life of its own, but things are going pretty well. So that's kind of how I got into this business. Love it, love it. Yeah, nice, nice. Uh, can you tell where to start? For example, um, if uh, someone has uh, an idea, but they need to pay bills to feed their family, you know, to take care about their kids. And uh, I know that 70% of people had their jobs. It's a lot, you know, 70% of people. Can you tell, for example, if someone want to uh, jump on this field to be an, an entrepreneur, where to start, what to do first, uh, because uh, of course we need to feed our family and to have money, but uh, uh, sometimes it's a risky game uh, and if you go uh, ahead in the right way, I mean like to work hard to find what uh, actually uh, works for you, can you tell uh, or lead our audience in the right direction uh, where to start? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the first step in, in any of it, I think one, you got to have some kind of a passion for digital marketing or yeah. SEO or whatever it is, right? I think if you don't have that passion, it's going to be hard to take those first steps because the first steps really is getting just a bit of experience, right? Mm-hmm. And I was actually talking to some students on, on Saturday and, you know, that was a big challenge of, of getting your first job, right? Or starting the company or whatever it was, but it's it's really just starting with some kind of project. So how can we, whether it's a passion project where you can build a website, even if it's fake company you're just doing it to try to show like showcase what your skills you're you know to build up your portfolio i think that's the first step and i think 
every city they have tons of you know not-for-profit businesses small businesses that really don't necessarily have a budget to work on their seo or create content or create graphics or manage their social media so i think there's a ton of opportunity out there for even internships volunteer positions um you know or projects being able to help out i think it's really looking for those opportunities um but even for you know myself when i was starting out uh starting out the agency you know when we were trying to find clients uh you know we would go onto local directory sites and you know pitch our services type of thing but mm-hmm. when you met with clients they're like can i see your portfolio show me some clients you've worked with show me some of your examples and that was where you really had to lean into your portfolio of like starting off small right i'm just like it might be a friend that you know you help them on a site or you know or something you did for free just to kind of build up that portfolio i think it's the biggest thing mm-hmm. yeah love it love it uh can you tell how to find the first client for example uh, if uh, uh, someone needs to compete with big companies that have authority have a portfolio have experience how to find the first client when you have nothing but you have this passion and you want to move uh, on with that yeah i mean i think there's there's tons of different ways for us i think our first client i, I don't know if you uh, like if you've heard of kijiji it's kind of like craigslist type thing we were posting <laughs> ads on there again this is 10 years ago now i don't even people do this anymore now it depends what type of client you're trying to attract and not in that's you know case we were a startup and you're attracting someone who was you know for seo is 200 bucks a month like this is not a huge client by any means but for <laughs> us that's how we kind of got our first clients even referrals right so for example looking at your existing network generally if you're you know using linkedin uh if you make some kind of post or you talk to friends usually you're going to be able to find someone in the network that might be able to send you a referral right so referrals are a huge source of business so i think those mm-hmm. are two you know really easy ways um another thing we did early on was just blogging right creating content mm-hmm. on your website i had this thing called ottawa seo blog i don't have it anymore but at the time i created this piece of content and actually in the first kind of six months of creating content i ended up getting just someone randomly stumbling upon the article and they reached out to me and got a client out of it so i think creating content's a really good way as well mm-hmm. yeah love it love it uh can you tell more about blogging how to create a content strategy for uh you know because for example if you blog uh and don't cover a, a buying persona it doesn't mean that you can get results you know even if you have this traffic can you tell how to create the right strategy that covers buying persona especially in this marketing field when we have huge competition you know many other websites like hrsm rush most new battle brandini uh, i don't know name them <laughs> that uh, take all this traffic online how to compete with them uh when you uh i don't know like create blog content yeah that's a challenge there's so much noise right like you know yeah. over the years it's getting more and more competitive everyone's creating content so you really have to stand out um i think with with blogging in general i think you know and and seo in general i think when people creating blogs sometimes they overthink it a little bit Right. They try to, you know, they go to Sam Rush, they look up this, I want to rank for this keyword. I'm going to create it with this title. And you know, whereas really the biggest thing you want to do is just share your expertise, right? And share mm-hmm. your unique point of view. And I think that's what could potentially attract that audience. I think once you create a piece of content, yes, potentially there's opportunity to optimize it and get some traffic that way. And that might happen, you know, ever in an evergreen basis. But I'll give you an example. Like we recently redesigned our website. I created this article in 2013 about social media post ideas like just came up with this quick idea just threw it on there never really ranked for anything now all of a sudden nine years later it's driving like two or three hundred visits a month out of nowhere mm-hmm. right so you never know like what's going to happen long term now 
obviously some people need to see quicker results than that. Um, I think a really good format too is, is for reach right now is actually, I'm, I'm sure you've seen it obviously and talked about it, but like TikTok, I think creating content on TikTok, it's a really good way to get impressions if you can share some of that expertise. Um, you can embed that into your blogs as well. So there's some good opportunities there for sure. Yeah, yeah, uh, I agree with you. It's better to find uh, channels that actually work. For example, even TikTok, why not? If you uh, love to film these short videos, I think it's a good channel, even for marketers. Uh, because, for example, uh, when my son um, usually asked me about LinkedIn, what is it? I don't know LinkedIn. TikTok is good. LinkedIn, no, no, it's, it's useless. And yeah. uh, for me, yeah. By the way, I like TikTok as well. You know, uh, um, I usually uh, when I'm tired, I can watch these videos like uh, 10, 15 minutes. You know, yeah, it's interesting, creative. Uh, my love, my wife loves uh, Instagram. Why not? If you uh, wanna uh, jump on this field, just use Instagram. Yeah, I agree with you. It's better to find channels uh, where you like and spend your time. Can you tell more about design? Because you have this background, how design uh, background can help you with SEO game? Yeah, I mean, I think with design, I think, you know, first impressions are important and the mm -hmm. contents of your, like, if you look at a, a piece of content, you can spend all the time in the world writing 5,000 words of content. It can be the best copy, yeah. but if the design's terrible, people are going to look at it and they're going to bounce, right? So I think, I think design is really important. I think, you know, Brian Dean from Backlinko always talks about this and his skyscraper technique about mm -hmm. spending that little bit of extra budget on some, you know, some custom icons or some custom graphics because it's really going to elevate your content to the next level. Um, mm -hmm. Perceptions, reality, right? And first impressions, you only have one chance to make a first impression. So I think, yeah, design is very important uh, when it comes to user experience and, and perception of your content. So I think you always mm -hmm. need to look at ways you can kind of elevate that um, for your design. You mentioned about Brian Dean. It's interesting that uh, only on his blog I, I found uh, high quality screenshots, you know, because all other websites ignore it, including me, because yeah, <laughs> I have no time with that. But uh, uh, even Neil Patel, Sam Rush, HRS, they usually use some. Uh, screenshots it's hard to understand what's going on in the screenshots but on uh he uses uh, high quality and uh, once i read his article about that it's better to create the best possible screenshots uh, because it's ux you need to satisfy ux can you tell more about user experience uh, for example if we compare ux and web development uh site speed technical optimization uh from your perspective where we need to pay more attention today yeah, user experience, I think, is something that's huge. I mean, we've been talking about it for several years now in, in SEO and how that's going to play a part in, in ranking and, and algorithms and whatnot. Um, for our agency specifically, it's something we've been investing in. We've, you know, we've, we actually have someone who's kind of a UX lead now. And there's been a lot more demand with clients as well uh, around things like a UX audit. So, you know, I think at this stage, most businesses, they have websites, they've invested in SEO, they've invested in paid advertising. Now it's really looking at the website from a holistic view of, of user experience and looking at things like where are, are things placed, you know, what are site speeds, is, even like user testing. So actually taking some, some tasks that you would want people to complete on your website and seeing how hard is it for them to complete these tasks on desktop, on mobile, and, and really establishing, you know, are, are um, you know, buttons in the right place? Do you need to change the color? You know, do we need to remove this, uh, this image because it's, it's um, you know, distracting the user from, from their main objective? So I think user experience is something 
you know, for us as an agency, we're, we're definitely going to be investing more. Um, and I think it's, you can really move the needle uh, with, with user experience. So, um, yeah, no, I think it's, it's really, really important. And there is a lot of crossover between design and SEO and UX. Um, so I think it's something that, I mean, we're definitely going to be, from a training perspective, is something we're going to be working on a lot more for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, love it, love it. Uh, I want to ask some uh, issues that my clients have. Uh, and uh, when I tell them you need to create high quality content, many of them re reply to me, you know, I have no experience with that. I need to develop in the way my products. My competitors uh, are big companies and I need to overcome them with my unique selling proposition. Can you tell how to help them to find the right copywriters, content creators who, who can help them? Because, uh, for example, 10 years ago, I had a team of copywriters who wrote about everything. Uh, Google ranked all our websites, but things changed. Today, uh, Google needs um, uh, content from experts uh, because of EAT, because people are looking for this content. It's not about Google. I think people uh, need this content. Can you tell how to hire responsible copywriters who can write high quality text and create high quality content? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is always a challenge for business. I, I love that you brought up EAT. I think that's the biggest thing that we've seen mm -hmm. with Google is they, they don't want to see just blog content from author. They want, you know, high quality content from trusted resources. So I think that's mm -hmm. a big part of it. Um, you know, something that we've been working on with a, a lot of our clients around, you know, developing content um, is, is, you know, at the end of the day, the, the, the client has that, that knowledge, that expertise. So how can we take that um, package it in a clear and concise way, publish it to the site, you know, almost basically as, as the client is the one publishing it, um, or if we're outsourcing it, how can we, like, let's say it's legal content. How can we, how can we find the right writers to be able to create that content and how do we, how do we position it? Um, so that's always a challenge. I think with some of the more technical clients, what we tend to do is, um, create like content briefs. So obviously a big thing around content is making sure that it's optimized properly, that you, you know, you're, you're, um, you're, you're marking it up properly. You have the right, you know, titles, tags, headings, all these kinds of things. Mm -hmm. So basically creating a brief with, okay, what is the topic we're going to write about? Here's some of the things we want to hit on from an SEO perspective, maybe answer these questions. And then what are some of the tags and things like that? So I think for more technical content, using content briefs has been really a good thing where you can hand that off to, you know, a technical writer and they know exactly how to format it. And that really cuts down on the back and forth and some of those revisions. Um, so that's something that has really helped us in developing that technical mm -hmm. content. Uh, I'm interested more about content brief uh, okay. because, you know, I often see when uh, webmasters are using uh, templates, you know, just template, but it doesn't work for all cases. You know, we have many different uh, users intent, navigational, e-commerce, informational, transactional. Can you tell how to uh, create a content brief uh, that satisfy user intent and uh, really can help to create high quality content? Yeah, I mean, it's it's something we're still working through. We only launched this about a, a year ago. And I think using, I mean, this is the big, everyone's trying, you know, like surf for SEO, using the automated, you know, uh, intent and things like that. So it's, for us, it's challenging because as an agency, I mean, we have about 200 different clients and each one has different different audiences that they're targeting, different mm -hmm. personas and and different uh, intents and things like that. So I think we're we when we first created the content brief process, we weren't really in depth. It was almost like two pages for a brief. Now we're actually kind of trimming a little bit. It was like, okay, that's that's a little too much. So I think it's it's really a delicate balance of what are the what are the things we want to hit on. It also, but it also depends on the client. Like if the client's a local business with really simple type content, like if I'm a lawyer 
or, you know, a landscaper. Like I don't need a hugely in-depth content brief where if I'm, yeah, again, if I'm uh, an accountant and I'm writing very uh, in-depth copy, I mean, that's something we want to dig into a bit more. So yeah, using the various, I mean, we use a few different tools. Like I mentioned, Surfer SEO is one that we use that can really expedite the process of, of creating a content brief. But honestly, it's something that we're continually improving as we go. Like every month we're making tweaks to it to try to improve that overall process. Mm -hmm. Love it, love it. Uh, can you tell more about management? Uh, if you have uh, 200 clients, uh, how to uh, manage uh, a lot of clients? Because uh, all of them have different issues, have different uh, perspectives, uh, goals. And uh, I see when uh, SEO agencies uh, have no time with their clients, they usually send a monthly report. That's it. You know, sorry, uh, you know, uh, you just ordered the link building campaigns, uh, get it, you know, on this report, this page more money can you tell more about management how to satisfy yeah. 200 clients and provide high quality services absolutely i think there's always a push and pull in an agency you know as you're growing so you know years ago when we started and you got five clients you can spend a lot of time with your clients you can really get mm -hmm. to know your clients you're building a relationship you're building trust and you know even for myself I was doing like in building the agency, I was doing a lot of that stuff. You're, you're doing the sales, you're doing the production, yeah. you know, you're managing billing, all those things. Right. And like, as you scale, okay, you need to delegate some of those responsibilities. And I think at a certain point it gets, some of that stuff gets lost a little bit where if you look at it too much in the, in the lens of process and departments and like you delegate everything. And at a certain point, the whole relationship gets lost a little bit. I think that's something that we're even realizing recently especially with some of the you know things are tightening up a little bit in at least in our economy um, where people are really they're really looking at the value of the services that they're paying for they're really you know making sure that they're they're getting a return things like that but i think something we're flipping a little bit is for example with our seo services and our seo specialists um, it was almost too productized to a certain point where you kind of lose that relationship so what we've been flipping it now is even in our in our reviews and our monthly reviews and things like that will actually insert like a calendar, like book, book a time here with your specialist, you know, and really trying to go over and above and again, really reigniting that relationship because that's where you build trust. And then in challenging times, like I think we'll probably look, we will be seen in the next year or two, I imagine. Um, I think that relationship and that trust is something you really, really need um, to get through some of those times. So I think that the relationship is uh, piece is really important. Yeah, you mentioned things that uh, SEO specialists usually use for SEO goals, you know, but it's the same with clients, you know. Yeah, Google cares about uh, trust, uh, cares about reviews, about anything, because people care about that, and we can see that customers care about that. Uh, can you tell about uh, the hiring process? How to find uh, responsible uh, people to your team, experts who can uh, lead you in the right direction? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Hiring is, is huge, especially as you scale in an agency, you're always hiring. Basically, it's mm -hmm. kind of like yeah. with sales uh, on the client side, you always need a, um, a funnel of prospects <laughs> coming down the pipe. <laughs> and you know, your yeah. side It's kind of like you have two sales processes, right? So there's the hiring funnel, it's a sales funnel. So personally, I've been very uh, involved in, in the hiring process. I, I think that people are the lifeline of, of the agency, right? And when you're working with clients, they want to work with, with great people. And similarly, when we do employee surveys, uh, employees want to, you know, the, the reason they like working at the agency is the people as well. So when we're hiring, um, I think, you know, some things that we've really been working on um, is, you know, when we're creating job descriptions, uh, it's, it's really being 
um, transparent about what the role is, you know, what the responsibilities are, what the expectations are from the beginning. Because when it's, it's very clear for that, that candidate, what they're going to be doing on a daily basis and how they're going to be measured, they know going in what the expectations are. And, and I think you have a better chance of success there. Um, so I think that's really important. I think when hiring, you know, the, for, for us, I think the first thing we look at more, more than skills is, is fit within the organization and the culture. So making sure that they, uh-huh. these people exemplify the values that we um, look for. So the, the, some of our values for our company um, is, 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 we call it play, but I'm uh, sorry, we use it packed. So it's play, accountability, uh-huh collaboration and transparency. So we'll actually ask in the interview, like, you know, tell me an example of a time, you know, where you've, you've uh, exemplified uh, transparency, you know, mm-hmm. and, and just asking these kinds of questions to really get a sense of, is this person going to be a good fit? Because those are things you can't teach those values where skills we can teach, like we can train people on that stuff. So we want to make sure it's a good person and that they fit within the organization, the, the culture of the organization. And then the skills that can come with time, right? Yeah, love it, love it. Uh, yeah, it remind me a story when uh, in my team, uh, I had issues. We we, uh, we were working from for one big project, and I didn't have time to uh, talk to my team. You know, to spend time with my team because we uh, felt that it's important to create this tool. But you know, in one time, uh, a few good specialists left my company, and I didn't know why. They uh, worked for many years, and when I started to research to analyze, I got it. That this toxic environment appealed, and I didn't know what's going on. Uh, after that, we changed some our uh, attitudes uh, to our team, uh, created some uh, cohesive events. Uh, uh, we started to speak more with them, and today, yeah, for me, it's important culture. Yeah, if you spend time with your team to talk to them, so yeah, you can change many uh, bad things that might come you know to your door yeah it's, it's huge and like just just a similar i went through a similar experience and we were about i mean we're 10 years in now i think it was about five years ago you know mm-hmm. we've been around for five years things are going well we we're probably about 12 team members at the time and there was this one month where we had three people quit in a month and i remember mm-hmm. taking it really hard like personally like why why would people quit like why would they <laughs> want to leave like i don't understand and you know, really had to look in the mirror. And I think, you know, some of the biggest things is, is the fact that at the time we hadn't, we hadn't established a vision, a mission and values for the team. Mm-hmm. So we ended up working with a business coach. He helped us work through, it actually took us a year to come up with mm-hmm. the vision, the mission, the values. I think we kind of knew roughly, but we had to really, really think about it, document it. And then once we had it, so our vision is to be a global leader in marketing. Our mm-hmm. mission is to make life better and make life better for our team and for our clients uh, and in those values that I spoke of earlier. But then once you define those, it's actually living those out on a daily basis. So in our standups with our team, it's, you know, commuting, it's asking people, you know, what are you grateful for? How did you exemplify the value, one of our values um, in, in team lead retreats, daily in, this, in the Slack, you know, all these things are really like living that out day in, day out. Now for five years, we've been doing that and you really, really see the impact in the culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, so valuable about that. Okay, uh, let's talk about link building. Can you tell uh, from your experience how to find the right link building campaigns? Because uh, uh, we have a lot of them. And uh, uh, I had a few clients who came to me and told, I don't know what's going on. Uh, For over three years, we couldn't get 
traffic. Uh, and uh, uh, I ask, okay, show me your website, and I found only spammy backlinks. Uh, spammy, and uh, uh, I reply to them, stop buying links on Fiverr or any other places because it doesn't work. I don't know for. 10 years probably, or probably five, I don't know. Even Black Hat techniques, uh, specialists uh, can change, you know. I know some good uh, specialists who can provide Black Hat techniques. It works well for them. Uh, I don't recommend it. It's not my strategy because, you know, White Hat SEO works well, you know. <laughs> Why you need to take care about Black Hat? Tell me more uh, how to find the right building campaigns for specific project. Yeah, absolutely. So our approach, I mean, I've... Over the years, I've dabbled in so many different techniques, more so the the, the more black hat stuff is outside of the company, more for fun and testing. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, our approach is, is very holistic, white hat techniques. We're never going to do something that's going to put a client at risk. Um, really, we years ago came up with the idea, like this is before it really gained prominence, but it was around digital PR um, for businesses. And honestly, I think the first, uh, subscription that we started using was help a reporter. I'm sure you've used a Harrow. Yeah. Um, where essentially for those who don't know, it's a completely free service where it connects journalists with sources. So if I'm a, a business owner, let's say I'm a dentist, I can go on there and, and, and basically you get an email about three times a day. You can subscribe to certain topics. So it can be around business, it can be around, you know, he uh, health, can be around fashion, whatever. And basically three times a day, you would get an email uh, as a source from journalists looking to get sources for their articles. So they'll say, hey, I'm writing an article about, you know, dental trends in 2022, who wants to, you know, pitch? And then you do your pitch and then it's a good place to get uh, placements and, and links for your site. Uh, help a reporter. Now, I will say it's getting more and more challenging to get placed because there's so many more people using it. Yeah. But also there's more journalists on there too. So uh, I'd say mm -hmm. for, for, for strictly like, um link building i think is a really good thing but also for brand awareness and people building out their brands um so that's that's one way is is, is using help a reporter um but we've also been do, doing a lot more in-depth strategies so our digital pr team our, our total company is about 50 people our digital pr team is about four people right now uh, with about mm -hmm. seven in seo uh and you know we do a lot of uh techniques around citation building um right so i know i think a lot of people kind of like don't really focus on that a lot but i think for local seo i think citations and directories i think there, there, there is value in high quality type stuff industry specific publications um and then and then of course the outreach piece right of like outreach is a grind in itself and it's it's very hard to scale but i think for certain clients i think there's a lot of opportunity um again especially on a local basis um to to get uh, placements using outreach so those are some of the kind of strategies we've been uh, rolling out in our company Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, interesting. By the way, uh, Haro uh, has a paid version. I tried it, but you know, uh, I think for me, uh, when you have experience and habit to use free version, I didn't find any benefits of using a uh, paid version because uh, they have the same design <laughs> on this uh, admin panel. You know, uh, you can uh, use your keywords, but it's the same. And you know, uh, for uh, help of reporters, also, uh, it's important to write first. You know, to write. Uh, after uh, getting this request like uh, for an hour or two hours but in the paid version you can get uh, replies like uh, requests uh, 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 even if they were submitted like three days ago five days ago a week ago but i'm not sure that you can get links if you <laughs> reply to, to those requests so yeah for me yeah. But, uh, free version is better uh, but can you tell more about pr uh, uh, how to uh, create the right pr campaigns but i know uh, even john muller replied in one of his tweets that uh, pr sometimes 
provide much better results than uh, technical optimization. And because we know that Google doesn't like any link building campaigns, they usually uh, tell, don't use them, create high quality content. Uh, but uh, it's the first time when I found that uh, John Mueller told, yeah, yeah, PR is good. Why not uh, use PR? And once I found uh, a freelancer on Upwork uh, and uh, told him, okay, uh, I have no time to provide this PR campaigns, please do it. And uh, he sent me after that uh, 300 links, you know, after a, a few hours. And I got that something is wrong with that. And I asked him what's going on. He told me he used uh, syndication, not uh, distribution. Can you tell more about how to find responsible PR uh, companies, including yours, and uh, to know that these PR campaigns will provide value uh, for projects? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, PR can be huge, definitely for SEO. And I think there's different ways <laughs> of, of looking at it. I think for some of our clients, I know. I think I find like the best PR campaigns that I've seen for, for generating links mm -hmm. uh, has been around like research reports, stats, anything that's going to be cited by a journalist uh, or just really interesting news. So we have a client, they're in the, um, they do like pest, pest control, pest removal, that type of stuff. And they do an annual survey of the like top bed bugs uh, uh places in 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 the country like the cities in the country that list and every year every like media company picks it up and they put it on you know, the other broadcast they put it in the newspaper so that one does really really well and then i find like any like state of the industry type reports with you know where you create this report and then and then again do some kind of like let's say uh uh, press release and then maybe a little bit of outreach tend to do really well. So anything I find with like stats that people can cite in, in articles tend to do really well from a link building perspective. Um, and in terms of, you know, finding an agency that does this, I mean, every, every city has, you know, I'm sure a handful of companies that do this really well. Um, there's more traditional PR agencies who maybe don't focus on the link building aspect, but they really know they have the connections with media and things like that. So they can help amplify it. Whereas maybe some more of the SEO or digital agencies have a little bit more experience on the link building side. So sometimes there's actually synergy. A lot of some of our clients have a PR agency and then we look at it from a technical perspective. There's some that do both. Mm -hmm. It is hard to do both really well, but you, you know, sometimes you can get lucky too. Yeah, uh, I know some people uh, have no even link building uh, techniques, don't use them. And uh, by the way, uh, Gordana from Workello uh, shared with me that uh, they got 1.5 million uh, visitors a month without any link building campaigns. I, I replied to him, it's very hard, I can imagine. And sometimes they uh, outranked uh, HubSpot. No big big brands. So uh, and uh, I ask her, please tell about your link building techniques. I don't know them. Uh, I know how to create high quality content. Uh, we we don't use any link building techniques. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, they create uh, linkable content. You know when you create uh, high quality content and uh, to uh, deserve these links naturally. Why not? So so uh, it's good as well. Okay. Um, can you tell more about? Um, uh, technical optimization because, uh, for example, uh, when uh, I'm using Google Search Console or I don't know any other tool, Screaming Frog, I can see a bunch of errors. How to find critical errors that uh, it's a must uh, have to fix and uh, which one I can ignore because web developers usually reply, I don't know how to fix them, you know, we have a lot of mistakes, but uh, I think some uh, errors are critical. Can you tell more about it? 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's a lot of different tools out there for, for, you know, analyzing your site, optimizing your site from a technical perspective. I think it depends on your, uh, your degree of, of like how technical you are, whether you're good with coding, whether you're not, um, again, personally, I'm very technical. This is my background, you know, being a web mm-hmm. developer, designer, things like that. So I'd say if you're less technical, um, I think Google search console has the features that they've been, you know, releasing, um, have been really, really good around PageSpeed insights and, and, you know, identifying which pages are very, you know, don't, don't pass performance, um, or, or, you know, really slow loading. I think they have some good features in there. Really simple one is the SEMrush, um, uh, where you can basically, if you have a paid subscription, you can create a project, it can scan your site and then we'll actually categorize the errors based on, you know, critical warning or notice, which can really help you prioritize the things you want to kind of focus on. Um, and then similarly, I mean, you mentioned screaming frog, which I'd say, I think it's more so for the technical uh, crowd to be able to scan their site and identify, you know, potential issues as well. But yeah, probably the most user-friendly one that we've worked with is probably SEMrush, where it really makes it easy to identify the errors, you know, work through them, mark them as 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 uh, completed, uh, and, and be, you know, if so for someone doing their own SEO, essentially, I think it's a really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, valuable. Uh, I have the question about. Uh how to learn SEO today. For example, if you started from scratch without any experience, knowledge, skills, what would you do to learn more about SEO? Oh, that is a great question. Uh, I think the best way to learn is just do. (laughs) Like go in, (laughs) you know, just like go in, you want to create your own site, you want to mess around. So, you know, if you want to create a recipe site or you're into cars, create a site about cars and mess around, you know, like, uh, I think that's a, a really, really good way to learn is, is trial and error. That's personally how I've always learned. I think there's tons of resources with, again, YouTube. We talked about TikTok earlier. You can get yeah. little bite-sized tips. Every time I go in there, I'm learning stuff, you know, every single day of of opportunities and, and, and you know, features and things like that. So I think, uh, you know, and of course, the the classic uh, the classic sites, you know, Search Engine Journal, Search Engine Watch, mm-hmm. and there's yeah. tons of great content on there you can learn from. Uh, and of course, this channel right here. So there's a lot of good, uh, good opportunities. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, uh, I think that uh, on this channel, you can learn from great speakers like you, you know, who can share this value because I'm a student on this life. I just learn every single day, you know, and uh, every time I can learn something new, uh, new valuable insights because SEO is huge. And uh, by the way, can you tell about uh, priorities? For example, uh, if you have, um, uh, for example, in your team, uh, you have some uh, specialists who pay attention to link building or uh, content creation or technical optimization or UX. Can you tell uh, how to uh, unite all of them in one cohesive goal? Yeah, that's that's a big challenge, right? Of like, uh, we call it collaboration. That's why it's one of our core values and working together as a team to help, you know, move move the needle. I think when you're, you know, again, early on when you're kind of doing a little bit of everything yourself, you can kind of work through it. I think, but when you have really big sites, big clients, big teams, and you have all these different deliverables, I think sometimes it can be challenging with, like you said, prioritizing. Um, so for us, I mean, we use we use a, a project management tool called Rike, um, and we, we moved to it uh, last year. 
and honestly for collaboration it's been one of one of the best tools we ever could have done um it has built-in like blueprints where when we sign on a, a client in a certain type of industry uh, we can create a blueprint for them so we create kind of project management and, and tasks that are specific to their type of business um, and then all the team is able to know okay here's what i need to work on at this stage there's task dependencies so let's say during a web build you know in, in the first stage you know, these people are going to be working on these things. And then once they close that off, it creates the task for the next person. And the really cool thing about it is on the task, they have like places that you can comment, you can tag people. Uh, there's some automation built in. So for us as an agency with 50 people and everyone's working on so many different things, uh, Rike has been absolutely one of the best investments that we've made uh, for improving uh, overall transparency as well as collaboration. Mm -hmm. Love it, love it. Uh, I have the question about the future. Can you predict the future uh, in SEO and digital marketing? Because, you know, many things are coming like metaverse, uh, uh, many other stuff. Can you tell what kind of future uh, people need to expect? And it's a good idea to start learning more about uh, SEO and digital marketing today. Absolutely. I think still automation, there's so much opportunity. I still think a lot of SEOs don't fully understand um, the opportunity. Uh, don't fully understand how to utilize it. I still think so many things are done manually that don't need to be done manually. Uh, you know, you look at uh, Python and all the opportunities there. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously uh, any automation using APIs, all the tools that are out there. We talked about content briefs earlier and how, you know, some of these tools you can, something that might take an hour or two for someone you can do in, in 30 seconds. So I think automation is a huge opportunity. The reason why there's so many with SEO and digital marketing, there's so many menial tasks where you can spend tons of time on actual implementation. Ideally what we want to do is we want to use the strategy piece, you know, the knowledge, the expertise of that SEO or that digital marketer. And you want to automate as many of these menial tasks as you can. That's going to create more time and allow us to be more uh, efficient. So I think automation, is still a huge opportunity for any uh, digital marketer. Mm -hmm. And do you use uh, AI tools uh, for automation or just uh, some uh, other tools? We use, I mean, we use, we have a ton of different tools that we use that we have. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, yeah, like, I, I mean, there's, we use a bunch of different tools. It's something we're still uh, investing in and, and spending time on. Probably not as good as a lot of the agencies out there, but uh, it'd be nice because you could cut down on the amount of resources, <laughs> you know, you're, you're spending <laughs> things like that. Um, but not not enough, not nearly enough as, as we should be. Um, okay. I follow, there's, uh, there's an SEO, his name's JC Schwinnard, and he specializes in Python. I've been following a lot of his content. Amazing mm -hmm. content on Python and Python libraries and some of these scripts that you can run um, to help with your SEO, it's really, really impressive. So that's something we're trying to lean into a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I have the final question uh, about things what uh, webmasters don't need to do and things that they must do. Can you tell them? That who needs to do? Yeah, uh, what is better to avoid probably obsolete techniques uh, that don't work anymore and uh, things mm -hmm. that everyone uh, need to do today? Yeah, I mean, I think something everyone needs to be doing, I think the biggest thing that I've seen, we talked about it so much, is just high quality content. I'm seeing it yeah. time in and time out. Every single time a client invests in content, that is what's moving the needle right now. It's Honestly, it's amazing being in the industry for so long, where even like a few years ago, you could create content, it would get, sometimes it'd be really challenging to rank. I'm finding the better quality of content, it's finding a way to get ranked, you know, even without any like, even doing too many optimizations and things like that. So I think 
more content, more content, more content, please. Yeah. Uh, and things you don't need to do. I mean, that's, that's tough. I, um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's, that's a really hard one. I just like, don't spread yourself thin. Don't spend time in areas that aren't generating a return. I think you really want to focus on uh, things that are working and, and don't try to do too much at once, right? Focus in again, focus in what, yeah. what's working, where you're getting traction. I think that's where you'll, you'll have the most success. Yeah, yeah. I think sometimes webmasters don't understand uh, multi-channel approach. If you have limited resources, it doesn't work. You know, uh, if you have a hundred thousand uh, per month, uh, I think you don't need SEO. It's better to find other channels because it's not enough. Uh, and uh, multi-channel approach works well when you have resources, when you have experts, specialists. But when you are trying to be jack of all trades to cover all directions, niches with limited resources, it's not a good idea. I'm not sure about that. Yeah. Brock, it's a big pleasure to get on my show to learn from you. Tell our audience how they can reach out to you, learn more about you, follow you. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, on Twitter, SEO Brock, uh, on LinkedIn, and then uh, for any information on our agency, seoplus.com. Anyone reach out, happy to help. Okay, guys, you can find all these links in the description below. Listen to us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Thanks again for your time. A big pleasure. Welcome back anytime to share more valuable insights. And guys, uh, find all links to Brock in, uh, in the description below. Follow him, learn from him. You can see a lot of valuable insights, you know, so valuable. And see you next time.